I wanted to make sure that I could make them as safe and sound and comfortable as possible. I just never thought I was going to pull it off. And because of that, I think that in the beginning, I was a lot more heavy-handed, a lot more nervous, a lot more anxious, and probably not the nicest person to be around. That was special guest, Suzanne White. Welcome to a Season of Caring podcast, where there's hope for living, loving, and caring with no regrets. This is Raina Nysis, your host, and today, guest, Suzanne is a founder of Caregiver Warrior. She was blessed with the opportunity to care for her parents and venture out on a caregiving journey that would change her life. She blogs about this journey on her website, caregiverwarrior.com, and shares her experience, strength, and hope with others so that they too may survive caregiving with grace and empowerment. Her book will be out September 6th, Self-Care for Caregivers. You can pre-order it now at her website. Follow her on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm so excited to have you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And spending time with you is so much fun. So tell my listeners a little bit about how your caregiving journey started. My caregiving journey started when they took my very stoic World War II hero bombardier dad. He was a bombardier pilot off an airplane in a wheelchair because mm. he was so burnt out from caring for my mom, who was unbeknownst to us because they were hiding it, showing early, early signs of dementia. Wow. So it was the second time he was taken off a plane. The first time was when he was shot down and landed it in England. Wow. They took him off then. Yep. Yep. And then they took him off now. So the irony, you know, was not lost on us. And and it was a shock because they were sort of working together, my mom and dad, to sort of hide the fact that she was failing. And they really wanted to keep it to themselves and in their own little group and didn't want to ask us for help and didn't want to admit it. So having this happen to him, and while he was recuperating, we were all together for the holidays. We could see that my mom was really lost without him. She was so dependent on him. And, you know, that it wasn't just like senior moment, memory loss, that it was that something was going on. Yeah. So that started the whole thing for me. And and I, you know, said to my dad, dad, you know, do you want help? And he said, yes, so fast. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes, yes. She, on the other hand, was a completely different story. She had nothing to do with help for me at all. But uh, yeah, it, he said yes so fast that I just sort of jumped in. And there I began. There I began my journey as a caregiver warrior. So were you living close by or what did that look like? I'm a Jersey girl. So they lived in South Jersey and I was living in New York. I was living in Brooklyn. So about 90 minutes on the Jersey Turnpike and started out really long distance. It was about four or five years. And, you know, at the end, I was spending much more time down there, but I would work all week and then commute during the weekend. So I was a long distance caregiver in the beginning. And just so I just sort of basically worked and then took care of them for about four and a half years. Wow. Yeah. So it's amazing that he said yes, because like you said, he was not of that generation to be open to say, I need help. So I love that you saw it and offered it and that he accepted it. I'm sure that really made a difference. But how did you navigate that long distance part? Was he pretty open about what was happening or what he needed? Well, you know, like most of us, I mean, I, I just, you know, look, I thought, you know, I'm a control freak, type A personality. So <laughs> I, th- you know, so I can't you know, relate I at all. 
No, you know, see, yeah, I don't know how nobody can relate, especially caregivers. So, of course, I, you know, I thought I was going to do it perfectly, do it all, do it by myself. I was going to fix everything. And so, I mean, it was really snarky for the, at least for the first couple months. And, and as I said, my mom, my mom and I did not get along uh, well at all. And the last person she wanted to take care of her was me. She never wanted me to help her. So it was really snarky and, and, and difficult. And I had to really work at the period of adjustment. We all did. Um, and I had to really think about and watch myself because I was really miserable and it was really uncomfortable. And I was making lots of mistakes and I was hovering over them like a hell. I mean, it was just a mess. <laughs> so, you know, the first six months to a year were really challenging in that I couldn't quite find my way. None of us could. So, you know, I mean, I was taking care of them and then they were safe and sound, but it, we weren't, none of us were comfortable. Yeah. So I really had to kind of work really hard at figuring it out. And it, it wasn't, and it wasn't always pretty and it wasn't always great, but I got better at it. We all got better at it, but I, mm -hmm. I, 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 I helped them get better at it. I was the one that had to change. They weren't about to. Right. And I think that is such an important point is it really is about us and our hearts more than it is about them. And how we approach them comes from our heart. And if we're trying to control and trying to manipulate, they know that and it's not going to be pretty. So such a good point. Yeah. What would you say is the hardest thing for you about caregiving? I think the hardest thing was, um, was um, first of all, my perfectionism. I think that was really, that, that hurt me a lot and my parents a lot. Just the pain around trying to you know, we're also afraid someone else's life is at stake. You know, I mean, it's a really important responsibility and commitment. You know, it's really serious. And I, I think the fear that we have, I think, I think my perfectionism, which came from my fear, yes. was one of the hardest things for me to cope with and understand because I, I didn't want to hurt them. I wanted them to be okay. I wanted to make sure I didn't screw up. I wanted to make sure that, you know, I could make them as safe and sound and comfortable as possible. And I worried about it. So that was the challenge that I just never thought I was going to pull it off. And because of that, I think that in the beginning, I was a lot more heavy handed, a lot more nervous, a lot more anxious, and probably not the nicest person to be around. <laughs> that's, that's beautiful to hear you say, because probably many of us can relate to that feeling of just feeling so out of control that we aren't truly ourselves because we're living in that fear and Absolutely. learning to let go of that fear then lets us be ourselves more and really lead with our heart versus the fear. And I think I, I, I'm, to be honest, I don't think I ever lost that fear. The fear was always there. And I think for so many of us, there's, there's always a current of fear. I think mm -hmm. that runs under, you know, like sort of in the back of our minds or whatever you, in our souls or whatever. There's always that anticipation and that fear and that worry. I think it's just something we start to just get used to. And I don't think I ever lost it, but I think in being more self-aware, I really pushed myself to be more self-aware so that I ma managed my fear. I tried to manage my fear. I tried to be kinder to myself and try to work around it and be aware of it. Even if I couldn't control it, mm. you know, I could sort of say, okay, now wait a minute, let's try to rethink this. Let's reframe it. Emotions aren't facts. 
let's try to look at this a little differently. I try to set an alarm bell on my fear. I think that's probably the best way of saying it. That, you know, I had certain things that would, okay, you know, like, are my shoulders up to my ears? Am I, is my stomach in my throat? You know, like bodily things or, you know, like, oh my God, am I shaking? I mean, where's my anxiety level? I mean, really, really watching out for that stuff helped me sort of get a little more right-sized when I could. Yeah, self-awareness is such an important piece. And I think it's one of the gifts from caregiving is that we really do have to become more self-aware because who we are, how we handle it, where our anxiety is, it's all infectious. And the more anxious we are, the more we share that. And so really becoming aware of that anxiety and understanding how it's impacting others helps us to be better caregivers, I think. For me, I think that fear wasn't near as great, but I think it's because I'd been on this journey before. And at such a young age to realize there was absolutely nothing I could do to fix my mom made it a little easier to walk it with my dad because I already knew I can't fix this. So my lens was just happy and healthy as long as possible. I knew that there was no happy ending as far as him being healed or being okay, but he could be as okay as he could be. And I wanted him to be, you know, happy and healthy as long as he could be. And that was really my mantra that helped me to understand that I can't control it all. I can't fix it all, but I have to, I can help it be as good as possible. And that's brilliant. Cause I, I, I mean, that's, <clears throat> that's amazing. And it's a great mantra because I think that so often, you know, especially for new caregivers, there's this fix it thing we get into. Mm-hmm. And, and you can't, I mean, you can't fix anyone in life. Yeah. The only person you can fix is yourself. And yeah. even then that can be, you know, uh, Quite a, a challenge. challenge. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? But yeah, this whole, we kind of get into this fix it thing with the best intentions. Yes. I mean, all of, all of this stuff is all about you know, walking each other home, you know, I yes. mean, y- the intention is to walk each other home and, and, and really take care of those we love. Sadly, I think that, you know, we really feel responsible and try to fix them. And it's really important to be aware of that and to understand it's not about fixing. It's yeah. about being there and walking them home. And it, it took me a minute. It took me um, to really figure that out and to sort of change yeah, caregiving changed the person I am. Mm-hmm. I mean, the therapy or, you know, I'm sober 35 years. So all my 12 step, all of that was great. But caregiving was the thing that really brought me to the table to look at me and change who I was. You know, that my, my, my fix it urges and my controlling or my perfectionism or fear of failure had to go out, had to go out the window. Had to, right. Had to go out the window. You know, because I, I needed to be soft. I needed to be soft and calm and open and vulnerable. Mm-hmm. All, all of which I wasn't allowing myself to be before mm-hmm. caregiving. You know, wow, but if I was going to be the best kid, you know. That's a great way of summarizing it. Soft and kind and vulnerable. I mean, they need that so much. And when we come in hurried and controlling and wanting everything to just be a certain way, we can't be any of those things. Right. Powerful. Right. So you mentioned earlier your mom and you had this difficult relationship. Mm. So tell me about how taking care of her was a gift or how did that change that relationship? 
Well, it completely changed. I mean, I, I, the gift for me was that I healed my relationship with my mom. Well, I always say that I used to think we were so different. And now I realize it was because we were exactly alike. <laughs> you know, I mean, and we always had, you know, it was, there was always, we always had to have a last word. We were always at each other. You know, we always had to be right. You know, I mean, and in caring for her, I was like, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, yeah. So, and she wasn't going to change. I mean, I was smart enough to know that she was going to change. But then with dementia, I mean, there was no way she would even, there was no way she was going to change. And just the way we were going at each other and how, how upsetting it was, I had to change, mm-hmm. you know? So the gift was me being able to reframe how I dealt with the baggage of my childhood, how I was dealing with her on a daily basis. And being able to really see the person she was or the person she was in the moment mm-hmm. and not bringing like the 16-year-old me to the table. <laughs> yeah. What good was that going to do? Do you know what I mean? I was really lucky because I had a moment, you know, that really, really worked for me and that I had a big calendar on the refrigerator, you know, where you write in the dates and the times so we can all stay on the same page. And I came around the corner and she wasn't like expecting me and she didn't really notice me. And she was standing there with her finger, like pointing to a date. And I could just see she couldn't make the connection to what that meant or what it was. My, my, my powerhouse, you know, organized, take care of everything. Mom completely lost. I mean, she was just completely lost and her life, she was so frightened and it was like, it just hit me. So, and I was like this. If this was a stranger, I would be so kind to her. Mm, this isn't a stranger. It's my mom. You know, so I, that opened the door to my compassion and empathy. It was like shock, you know, and it still was, you know, it still wasn't pretty, but I still was able to just stop and just start over, just hit the restart button with her. And like I said, it wasn't very pretty, but I mean, it just gave me a different set of tools to deal with her. It's amazing. What a blessing. And just to have that moment of clarity that really just brought it all to a point where you could see what you needed to see to be able to do it differently. Yeah, it was amazing. Caregiving warrior, why are you attracted to that? Well, I was attracted to that. I think part of it was because I I look at the service my dad gave and so many of that generation. But I thought, you know, we go to battle every day, caregivers. <laughs> if it's not the healthcare system, you know, or the insurance, or it's getting that appointment, or it's that nurse that's kind of snarky that you got to like kind of be your best friend so that you can get what you need out of her, or, <laughs> or you know what I mean, or navigating the emergency room or the medication. It's like a battle, you know, and like our enemies are all these little things. And, we, and we're warriors. I mean, yeah. caregivers have unlimited kindness and compassion Mm. and resilience i mean it's just and and we're doing we're fighting every day for our loved ones so they can be feel safe and sound and i just thought we're warriors we're caregiver warriors and it just felt like really right i just loved it yeah i love that too because i think oftentimes as a caregiver you don't see yourself as a warrior and you probably don't realize why you're so tired because you're so busy in the battle every day and that's the norm that you kind of forget you are at battle and you're tired because you've been battling. Absolutely. You know, and even Superman and Superwoman take their capes off. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, and, and most caregivers don't even know they're caregivers. I mean, yeah. Like that's so, so amazing to me. But yes, I mean, you, you have to realize you're, you're battling all day and most of the night in most cases, all day and all night. It doesn't stop. You know, you're, you're on the battlefield. You mentioned, and I always, I thought of that immediately as well, is that most people don't identify as a caregiver. So putting that label on then gives us a better understanding of what we need and what resources are out there. I think taking the label of warrior can do that for us as well. It can help us to really see that we are in a battle and that it's okay that we're tired and that we are maybe realizing that we need to be battling certain things, but who we're caring for doesn't need to be that person. They're actually in this battle with us, fighting alongside us so that we aren't fighting each other. Because it sounds like in the beginning, you experienced that fighting against your parents and eventually learned how to all be on the same side and fight together. Yes. And I, I, I think that's really a really important point that, that we're a team, we're a team you know, to, you know, I had a friend who had lupus and she passed from lupus and complications. And it was just, you know, and I, I was blessed with a conversation with her as I was driving on the Jersey Turnpike and said, well, how do you feel about the people that care for you? Whoa. I mean, we were, we were friends from college. I said, man, I got an earful, you know, and it, 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 it showed me that, you know, the thing that upset her most is that she felt quite often she wasn't, wasn't consulted or wasn't part of the conversation. Which annoyed her so, I mean, it, it, she, it was fury, infuriating for her. So that really kind of helped me realize that the more I could include my parents in any way, shape, or form, the easier it was for us to work together and for me to get what I needed for that. Even if my mom didn't understand necessarily yes. what I was trying to do or the decision I was making, how I approached her, the tone of voice that I used, the fact that I discussed it in front of her, that I included her in the conversation, all of that was, was really helped me and helped my relationship with her because she, she felt heard. Yes, and seen. Yeah, so important. I love Tipa Snow says, we're not doing this to them, we're doing it with them. And that, again, just helps us to remind ourselves we're all in this together. We're doing it together. We're not doing it too. And all of us would feel completely invisible if everybody was making decisions for us and never talking to us or with us about them. So such an important thing. Yes, really. And, and, you know, my mom was this very proud, independent person, like somebody else we know. And, (laughs) you know, I mean, just, you know, just the thought of meeting hope yeah was was so painful for her my dad had a much much more easygoing open personality you know it was really hard for my mom to ask for help it's hard for me to ask for help yep you know i had to sort of see myself in her shoes and realize that anything i could do to to make that transition easier easier you know or to make that adjustment easier i had to give her space and time and and res- and respect. I had to understand it was very difficult for her to ask for and get help. You know, so I had to be really delicate around it. Hard, hard journey, but so important. So many blessings throughout it. Caregivers, I just want to encourage you, if you aren't seeing the blessings, to take a few moments and look for them because they're there. 
every day there are things we can be thankful for and having the practice of being thankful for them daily will help change your mindset and really help you to see more of them. So Vian, tell us a little bit about your book and where we can snag it once it's out. Oh, thank you for asking. I'm really proud of it. It's called Self-Care for Caregivers. It's coming out September 6th. And it's covering four areas that I thought were really important. Emotional, physical, spiritual, soul, and then the practical side. So it's sort of thing, you know, things that I found that really worked for me, sort of mistakes I made and things that I changed and strategies I, I came up with to take care of our emotional self, to make sure that we took care of our physical self, our spiritual self, and then some practical ways to get organized and stay that way. The 140 things that I really feel are great hacks for caregivers um, to use and mindsets around them. You know, it's really important to practice self-awareness and practice self-love and then self-care. Definitely. Sounds great. So congratulations on that. And I know our listeners will be really excited to be able to pick up the, that wisdom. Sounds like it's kind of bite-sized with 140 of them. It's probably something they can pick up and just read a little bit here and there in the midst of all of the crazy. Exactly. That's exactly what we wanted to do. You know, you can sort of pick it up and just grab it and pick something right there because pretty much everything that's in there, they're going to be able to relate to Yeah, because I, I went through it, you know? So that's kind of what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that it's a book on the run that they can count on, you know? Great. So and available at all major retailers. Absolutely. And you can check my website now and pre-order if you'd like. All the information is there. And my website is Caregiver Warrior. And I, I love people to go there and just sort of move around and let me know what you think and leave feedback and comments. I'd love to talk to people. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure to be able to gather some of your wisdom and to learn a little bit more about your new book. Oh, thank you so much. And it's always great to talk to you because I always learn something. And I think that's what's so important about sharing our stories with each other. There's just so much wisdom and wonderful things we can learn from each other. So and thank you for your work to do. Well, thank you. Just a reminder, a CSF Caring Podcast has been created for the encouragement of family caregivers. Be sure to consult your local professionals if you need financial, legal, or medical advice. And take heart in your season of caring. This episode of the Season of Caring Podcast has been brought to you by No Regrets, Hope for Your Caregiving Season, a five-star book available at all major retailers. Tipa Snow, founder of Positive Approach to Care, shared, Every page of Raina Nysis' book is filled with wisdom, compassion, and profound insights. Reading it is like walking alongside your best friend, only this best friend has embarked on the journey before and is now alongside to support, instruct, encourage, and motivate you. Her intentional approach to caregiving will broaden and deepen your own experience, enabling you to also discover the joy and satisfaction in caring for another. And no regrets, Rain shares the beautiful heartfelt story of caring for her parents and her passion to assist other caregivers. If you would like to pick up a signed copy of No Regrets, visit noregrets-book.com and purchase a special bundle I've created just for you.